0: This is channel 253. In this episode of What Say You?
1: I'm not here for likability. I'm not here to get into the special club. I'm not here to hopefully get elected to something someday. I am here because I have tattooed on my soul the mandate to protect and liberate Black lives. And I don't care who you are or what position you hold. If you are not getting it done, I am going to hold you accountable.
0: Did you know Channel 253 is member supported? I'm producer Doug Mackey, and I hope you will show your support by going to channel253.com slash membership and join. Thank you.
2: What say you? Real sisters, real talk. What Say You? Down-to-earth conversations between sisters about life, work, family, and the pursuit of an anti-racist community. Hi, I'm Audrey. And I'm Melanie. What, what say, say You? Sister, sisters, sister girl, Audrey Louise Cunningham, how are you today? Why you gotta be so happy? And why you gotta be so shady? I mean, okay, I'm sorry, I'm sorry, I'm sorry. I didn't even mean to go there. Girl, what's going on? Because your voice doesn't sound resilient as, and joyful as you normally are. What's up? Let me tell you what's up and why I'm not resilient. Literally, I just found out somebody, somebody has filed an unemployment claim in my name. Oh, girl, clutch the pearls. What? Clutch the pearls and grab the chain because I want to choke somebody. Okay. (laughs) Anyways. Get it out. Get it out. out. I'm going to bring myself back to center because it is not all about me. And as we go through this journey today, I'll come back. Is somebody out there if you hear me and you know who you are, I'm going to find you. I'm going to find you and I'm going to choke the whole life out of you right before you pass out. And then I'm going to let you go. And then I'll be good. But anyway, girl, I'm fine. How are you? <laughs> girl, you know, you make me laugh. I love you, sister. And I'm sorry that that happened to you. I'm so sorry that that happened to you it's um, okay and there's worse things yeah. There are absolutely worse things mm-hmm. yeah i Same know because today. Let's just, i just wait hold on i just when you said that there's worse things i just want to give a rest in peace uh rest in heavenly peace shout out to tracy davis um, oh. i found out you know we all found out uh local in the 253 Um, Tracy, our beloved Tracy Davis, local philanthropist, local comedian, local uh, concert promoter, local, I mean, just a godly woman all the way around, Jaylene's kindergarten teacher, yes, um, all of that, you know, she passed away today, she fought a good fight uh, with her cancer. And she lived her life to the end. And so, yeah, we can't go any further without saying, Tracy, her son Byron, you know, we're just sending light and love to her son Byron. And um, yeah, girl, so it and could that's, be worse. Yeah, it, it absolutely could be worse. And when, you know, when stuff, the regular life stuff happens like this, and then the real stuff happens, like losing yeah. Tracy, that really makes it easy to put some mess like, you know, what I'm talking about in perspective, so. Yeah, I feel you. I'm over it, I'm, I'm feel over you. It. So I'm excited about our conversation today because listeners, we got a guest in the house. Yes. we are, we got to have some real accountability talk today. Okay, we gonna have some real, 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 real talk. Sakara Ramu is in the house. Yes, hey, okay. and Sakara is if you did not know, then let us let you know. Mm-hmm. And notice I didn't say let you know, I slipped it to abonics. I said, Let you know, you know, mm-hmm. let you know, and that ain't no sneeze either. Mm-hmm. Uh huh, let you know that she is the founder and chief strategist of the Washington BLM Black Lives Matter Alliance. Yes. And when we talk about strategists, you know I, I get excited about the art of war and how we do stuff, infiltrate, learn the enemy secrets with the hearts of the people. That's what we do. So we're going to have an accountability conversation. Sakara, welcome to our What Say You podcast. I'm um, so happy to have you here, sis.
1: Thank you so much for having me. I really appreciate it.
2: Yes. So Louise, how, we we, taught, we dreamed of having Sakara here and and we weren't able to make it a few times because of you know just how deep she's into making stuff happen. so what was our, our thought was that we're going to just kind of jump in and what do what you let's t- tell the listeners where we're going to go with this? Well, where we're going to go is we're going to get. The real deal on a couple of local issues about from the real deal, I should say, you know, we have our perspective just as, you know, regular people in the community and feeling a certain way about certain injustices that happen. And we, what we talked about was we really, every time Sakara, every time we were getting updates on a couple of things that uh, we're gonna talk about and Mel would call me and go, oh girl, that's what Black Lives Matter line's done now? And I'm like, girl, what? And that's why we are so excited to have you here. I would like to start with, sister, if you don't mind, let's start with Manny Ellis our baby Manny and we've talked about we've talked about it on on the show before from the beginning and the last time we met the acting papers had not come out yet so cara can you help us understand not just us but can you help help our listeners understand how your organization was involved in Manny Ellis murder and bringing this justice about.
1: Sure. So I just wanna say off top that one of the things that is so sacred about this conversation, and I've been really thinking about this for myself lately, talking to black women instead of about them mm,
0: mm, mm, Mm. mm, 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 mm,
1: Mm. and giving space for our voices and our truth to be what that is, is so important. And so just, oh man, I feel like I'm coming out of the desert. So thank you for that. Um, And the other thing that I would say is that I've just been relearning about resiliency. So when I was watching you sisters talk about the fact that, yeah, I'm not feeling resilient. I don't, I don't have it today. I just relearned that resiliency is not Something that you obtain and you have it forever. It ebbs and flows just like everything else yes. in life. So just to see that validation, especially because we as black women have to deal with the worst strong black women. We're the most resilient right. we're. Da-da-da-da-da. And yes, we are, but we're also the most fragile and the most precious., yes. and yes. so I just appreciate seeing that honoring because that's what my sisters do for me. Um, so just yeah coming out of the desert thank you that helps with my because because sometimes I, I definitely lose my resiliency and I lose my inspiration but I'm still motivated and fortified yes. and it's yes. it, it's the existing yeah. in between that and being a real human while yes. doing the work like you said when just regular life and you're like wait what the f- I got a what now? I'm trying to wait. I got this on. Now somebody's trying to what? Like, hold up. You know, it can be so, oh so. I just wanted to, I just want to say thank you for just the humanness as a beginning space. <laughs> um, and because I, I do also believe it's a, it's important to start a, in a place of validation, right? So, yeah, you're honoring, you're, you're, you're talking about a stressor, right? That could actually lead to actual devastation in somebody's life when you're talking about the theft of somebody's identity, right? And then balancing that with the loss and an honoring of somebody who is so important to community but all things being equal both of those things matter in our experience in our existence from day to day so I just wanted to say that first
2: thank you sis thank you for really that appreciate um being seen you know and and that that's a whole nother level um you know, I've been working with Veronica Very and the Wonder of Women and their whole focus of, dear sister, I see
1: you. What was the other thing? I wanted to message you the other day when I had come to the place of realization of, okay, I'm fortified and I'm motivated, right? Because you you got you want to be real clear about what you put out to the universe. Yep. And so I was like, let me not ask for motivation because motivation is another Manny Ellis. Motivation is another, I, we have enough motivation what I need is inspiration that's, right. that's what I need is inspiration for my spirit of who I am and I was going to message you like I'm ready for Veronica because remember you said that I needed to go to go. that experience and I was like I can't go during session it's gonna have to wait but I'm very interested that came back around for me of like because I just booked a vacation and I was thinking to myself oh yeah I need that that's what I need so we'll talk about that we'll talk about that
2: that's um, good, that's good. Your sister, I see you experience. So, so, Sakara, we see you, girl. Tell us, like Audrey was asking about Manny Ellis. Like, yeah, that yeah. is so dear to the 253. Yeah, Tell us stuff that we don't know. Yes.
1: <clears throat> well, the first thing I'll say is, so there's uh there's a kind of a preliminary check-in hearing on the 24th. So the one thing that I want to say about this particular case, and I just had a meeting with the attorney general's office yesterday, and this was one of the things that we talked about. What everybody should expect is going to take a long time before we get to trial. We are going to get to a trial, but what we are going through right now is the highest level of criminal and um, constitutional lawyering that can happen. uh, So that when you go into trial, right. Cause after trials they file appeals they're looking for something this is when you want you want the state to be in a meticulous check-the-box process and that is what they are in right now so we have that assurance from them we've
2: got to manage expectations is what you're saying
1: we have to manage expectations of yeah, it's going to take us a minute it's probably going to take us at least six months until we're in a trial okay okay and so but to back up and answer your question what was our involvement? And I, I, appreci- I always appreciate the opportunity to clarify here because when you are talking about a community's beloved that has been stolen from them uh, and then how it, beco- it can become a poster child or an avatar for something bigger that impacts community, you gotta be real careful when you are an advocate and you have a lot of attention because you want to elevate the issue to get what the family wants done, but you don't want to be perceived as intervening, intervening, interfering, or trying to take credit where you shouldn't be taking credit. Mm -hmm. And I think think where Washington State and the 253 in particular does really well is Y'all Center impacted families. And now more than ever, those of us that can do things to help strategize or provide legal counsel or da, 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 rise up to support the centering of those impacted families and those beloveds that have been stolen from us. I'm saying all of that to say, we didn't do a lot. I wanna be clear about that, but what we did do was extremely impactful and it was last year and it was, I was on the call um, on a call with the governor And it was before the alliance had launched. I'm also the founding chair of Black Lives Matter Seattle, King County. And so I was working for the chapter professionally, officially, as their lead strategist when the nation caught fire. And it all popped off here as well last year. We, you know, a bunch of stakeholders got on a call with the governor. Eventually took quite some time. We were well into the summer, uh, maybe after the summer. Uh, and I make no qualms, and I'm, I'm just not impressed with his lack of leadership on these issues. So we get on the phone, and the governor, you know, is just in his own world. You know, I, I'm, I'm listening to this call, and he's like, yeah, so BLM, Seattle King County, you know, yeah, yes, sir. You can we put out a joint statement about what? Ah, yeah, about, about we need the protesters to be peaceful, man, <laughs> uh, uh, you know. I jumped out. I was like, "Absolutely not! Absolutely not!" But we never put a statement out like that because we are we are peaceful. We're getting mowed down, beat, arrested, falsely charged with stuff for for you know um, peacefully protesting for our rights. And that's not what this phone call is about. This phone call is about why we in these streets. That's what we want to talk to you about. Why be in these streets? And when you get the opportunity to speak to a governor, an attorney general, someone in that level of positional power, you get a one. And I've been doing this for 26 years. So you get one ask. And you're probably going to get that thing when they ask you, what do you want? So you got to know what that one thing is. And when you have stakeholders all coming in from all over the state, you got to agree. That's hard because we're all differently impacted by these same issues. Oh, but we all agreed. We all agreed and we said, we ain't going for one, we're going for two. And what we said to the governor is, and if you don't take that investigation, they murdered this man. That, that agency cannot investigate the murder of this man The state needs to snatch the investigation into the murder of Manuel. This was the first time that the whole table in one space to the governor was like, man, you better kick rocks down the block. We are not playing. We came for this. You're going to do this thing. So, and I like the both and. I like the. The micro, right? What's the thing that's happening right now that's hitting us the most? And then the macro, what's the systemic issue? So the micro right now is cases like Manny Ellis. The macro is we don't have independent investigations in the state of Washington when police use excessive or deadly force. So at the same time, we're saying to him, you need to snatch this invest- this particular investigation. We're saying to him, 940 i940 is not enough there's gaps there's gaps in implementation we need an entire statewide agency that does independent investigations we need the state auditors to be auditing cops we need da 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 and he said to his staff turned immediately to his staff and said i need another meeting with these people in 24 hours don't go longer than 36 hours and we came back no more than 36 hours later. And we had the snatching of the uh, investigation and taking it up to the state level. And we got the task force, the governor's task force on um, independent investigations. They worked hard, I mean, hard on the grind, like 14 weeks, whole statewide coalition, right? And you gotta get people to agree to get to a piece of legislation that the the governor works with Representative Entman on to say, we need this bill. We need independent investigations. And her say, yeah, I'm gonna sponsor it. And we got independent investigations by the end of this session. So that was our piece. Our piece was to say, we know that the governor wants something from us. We're not gonna give it to him, but we are going to, because that's irrational and we're not responsible for police abusing people in the streets and the people have a right to be there. We are coming to the table for this thing that we know needs to happen, and we are not taking no for an answer. And that was our opportunity to do it. We threw our full body on the scale. He's been mad at me ever since. Wow. Okay. So that's what we did, and and then so and then it's. Being a conduit of, act of accurate information to the best of our ability, right? I mean, he his family has a great support system around them of advocates and legal counsel that is doing that. But we also have relationships with these agencies and entities in positional power. And so just going in and like meeting with the attorney general's office, we do that regularly. We weren't there explicitly to talk about Manuel Ellis. We're there to talk about whatever we decide is important to discuss that we want them to know about, or we want answers on, or we want to work on something, or we just know that if we say this out of our mouths, that's power on the scale. And so it's just so being consistent call- of say their name everywhere you go.
2: So, Cara, can we, I just want to take a breath for a moment because <laughs> we have to just stop and let that marinate for a second and thank you For the advocacy. You know, thank you. Yes. For being at the table. Sister, what say you? I say that had not your organization and all the others around the table that agreed, had you not had the wherewithal to ask to say, this is what we want. I know that we still just be waiting on something. I know that there would not, the Attorney General would not have taken over had it not been for you and the others. Insistence. What I'm recognizing as as you were talking, my revelation was about, wow, we, and I say we, those of us just walking around about our regular business being mad and hurt that this injustice has happened, but we don't, I realize we don't really get what's really happening behind the scenes. All we know is there's nothing, 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 and we mad, 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 and then all of a sudden, and I'm using air quotes, all of a sudden, look, the Attorney General's taking over. We, us regular folks, my revelation was, as you're talking, have absolutely no idea what is happening behind the scenes, the work that's being put in by many. And so like you and the others, we don't have no idea. So my question now becomes, How can we regular folks help you folks that make things happen behind
1: the scenes? Yeah. I mean, you don't have to help us, but help somebody, right? Turn to your community and see where it's getting done, where it's getting done and support that. Support that and then be involved and informed, right? When the email comes with the update, read it, share it, talk about it, normalize it, because this is the new normal. It's not a fad. This Mm -hmm. is the new normal.
2: Okay, Sakara, hold up, sis. Hold up, hold up. So let's be real transparent about who our audience is. Most of the people that are listening to us right now are white people.
1: That's helpful.
2: Yeah. Girl, you good? You good? That's helpful. That's helpful. Okay, yeah, girl. Let's keep it real right now. Yeah. Well,
1: here's the thing. So here's what I said to the governor's office today when they said, "How do we go forward with our relationship and what is our what is our perspective on?" what is progress look for the state and what is, you know, when are we going to consider the governor to be a real one? I was like, never, but let's talk about Dr. J, what he hired her to do. And is he giving her all the institutional power that she needs to be able to do her job? So white people that have that positional power, get out the way.
2: Yes. And Ben, please let us specify who Dr. J is. Can you please speak on Dr. Karen
1: Johnson. Thank you very much. Dr. Karen Johnson. Um, uh, who has recently been uh, appointed to the governor's cabinet? So you know she's in that executive branch. She is the director of uh, equity for the state of Washington, uh, and a genius, you know, a real one. <laughs> and
2: uh, I want to co-sign that, please, sister. I know that you you are not aware of Dr. Karen Johnson. Um, but I want to co-sign what Sakara is saying and, and also the fact that, yeah, sister girl is a strategy genius, strategy genius, Yeah. you hear me? <laughs> Let's yes. say it in our Ebonics way. And so I gave, um, Governor Inslee, uh, a straight up high five for hiring, um, Dr. Karen Johnson. I said, you know, on my Facebook page, I was like, okay, high five, Governor. You might be a little serious about this because we have straight up confidence in Dr. Karen Johnson. However, we have to remain mindful. This is a however that we are talking about an institutional racist system. Mm-hmm. Mm-hmm. The beast, the beast okay and so we know the playbooks we know what it takes and so if you are serious it's gotta be don't play don't play don't come here playing because you cannot attack dr karen johnson that is our best and brightest you hear me yes if you ain't doing nothing you better listen to the sister. okay but you said a couple of times, is is you and that, is you and Governor Inslee beefing,
0: or
1: I mean, like, what is the? Uh... <laughs> no. <laughs> Let me put that out there right now. No, no. me and the governor yes. are not beefing. Um, but you know, uh, am I simply supposed to be? And this doesn't really have anything to do with Jay Inslee himself, just in general. Am I supposed to just be? Uh, timid and am I supposed to hedge am I supposed to be intimidated by you because you have positional power that some may perceive to be at a different level than mine oh I don't think so
2: sound like Beyonce you must not know about me you must must
1: not know about me. me yes Have another you in a minute.
2: In a minute. Let's do it. In a minute. You know why? You know
1: why? Because the voters listen to me.
2: There you go. So
1: I'm not here. I'm not here for likability. I'm not here to get into the special club. I'm not here to hopefully get elected to something someday. I am here because I have tattooed on my soul the mandate. To protect and liberate Black lives. And I don't care who you are or what position you hold. If you are not getting it done, I am gonna hold you accountable. It doesn't matter if it takes five days, five months, or 25 years, as Mr. Ed, your hey, sheriff, yeah, is not learning. Not Ed. <laughs> that
2: okay. Wasn't it. okay. But wait, girl, let me I say that. that for you. See oh, how right I did that. that. Wonderful segue. <laughs> but we're going to say boom. What did you say again for the people in the back that didn't hear you was like, I don't care about that. What did you
1: say? I'm not. Well, you shouldn't. Right. That's not what it's about. I am not here to be liked. I go. am not here to be popular. I am not here for external validation for people to say, oh, I'm comfortable with her. I like her. I am here right. to get right. it done. Okay. To get it done. I have children I am accountable for. I have ancestors that I am accountable to. I have a whole <laughs> community of people. I have a nation and a planet. And I live a purpose-driven life. The only way that I could have survived with fortification, everything that I have been through from a little black girl to a parent, to being a black woman. So I'm real clear on what my water is and where I'm supposed to be flowing. And when the rapids are covering everybody else's head, I'm just on my raft. Like, let's do it. Let's do it because this is what is required to get it done. So that's why I say like, Look for where it is effective, not where it's spinning. Mm. Where it is moving. Mm.
2: That's right. So, Kara, hold on a second. Me. Oh, I'm sorry. Hold on a second. I need to say this. Say it, girl. Girl, I believe you. You hear me? When you say it is tattooed on your soul, I believe you, and I thank you. Mm. Thank you. Yes. Yes, sister, I thank you too. Listeners, think on this for a minute. We're going to go to break and we'll be back in a moment.
0: Hello, friends. This is Marguerite Martin, creator of MoveToTacoma.com and co-founder of Channel 253. It's bad out there, folks. Home prices in Pierce County are up 15% year over year. While it's no secret that the market is hot, you may not know that Tacoma has been the hottest housing market in the country for several years. There is an extreme shortage of homes for buyers to buy. Having a local Tacoma buyer's agent that specializes in the neighborhood and price range you're after can mean the difference between losing or winning the bid on your dream home. If you're looking to sell your current home and find something that meets your needs better, having a neighborhood expert handle your listing will impact how much money you net off of your sale. The right agent to market and sell a home on the West Slope might not be the same person who has the expertise and connections to find you an income generating duplex somewhere else. All agents have specialties and I know the players for every niche. Best of all, it doesn't cost you anything. Great local agents are happy to pay me a finder's fee if you end up buying or selling. And you can rest easy knowing you're going to get a great agent who specializes in exactly what you're looking for. If you want to learn more, visit movetacoma.com and use the contact form. Thanks for listening to Channel 253.
2: Welcome back, listeners. I'm welcoming you back because my sister said so. Before we went to break... We were talking about Manny Ellis and the efforts that have been done behind the scenes to bring justice and charges against him. We have our cultural analyst with us, Sakara, And right before the break, we were getting ready to talk about Ed. Mm-hmm. Ed. 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 Ed Troyer. Ed Troyer, and for our listeners, let's give some context, because we've talked about it before, and it, we ain't going to stop talking about you until mm-hmm. you are a civilian. Okay, but sister. Not Pierce County Sheriff. Yes, sister, what? Sister, before you start talking about it, you're not going to throw shade on me and uh, <laughs> think that it's just going to pass through. Listeners, please, when we came back from break, I just merely insisted that she welcome you back. Welcome back, listeners, so that we could then get into our conversation. Now, she didn't make it all big and grand, and it didn't even have to be that way. I'm just saying, okay, Sakara is here with us today from Black Lives Matter. And, uh, okay, and Audrey's looking at me all crazy now because I <laughs> just threw Sakara all up in the middle of this. Um, sister, what say you? I'm gonna give it back to you, but I was gonna
0: claim my peace. Claim your peace,
2: girl, claim your peace. Anyway, okay. welcome back, listeners, for the ones that didn't hear it the first time. Sister, so mm-hmm. seriously though, another travesty of justice is going on in our community. And can you tell us what's happening with with behind the scenes and in front of the scenes and with your organization and give us some tea on what is happening with Ed Troyer. Pierce (laughs) County Sheriff. Still Pierce County Sheriff. After Mm -hmm. his lies and ridiculous abuse. Can you tell us what's happening? Abuse of power.
1: Yes, Uh, as I said. We had one of our regular check-ins with the Attorney General's office yesterday, and this was one of the things that we checked in on, and uh, there's a lot that they, you know, obviously cannot say. I just wanted them to affirm confirm for me that the investigation is actively happening right now. And they said yes. The investigation yes. is actively happening right now. That's why we're not gonna tell you anything. <laughs> I was like, I get it. But that that's enough, right? That's what we need to know because that's what people most want to know. Did it start? They announced it. Did it start that day? Da da da, da, da. It is underway. Yes.
2: Excellent. Okay. But then you all also filed with the DOJ. Didn't you Department of Justice were were you all involved in that?
1: Well, we filed with the um, FBI, FBI first. FBI,
2: FBI. Mm-hmm. Talk to us about that whole process and strategy and what what the outcomes you're hoping for.
0: So
1: the situation that people are aware of, which happened in January, uh, you know, Ed Troyer, who is currently the elected sheriff of Pierce County, has about a 35-year history in law enforcement, and it's not limited to Pierce County, even mm-hmm. up here with us in the county of King before he was down there with y'all. And really sorry about that. Yeah, really sorry about that because Ed Torrier has made public statements about his history of as a law enforcement agent that we know are false. And that is the crux of our complaint to the FBI, that there are other people throughout his history as a law enforcement officer who have come forward confidentially who have had direct interaction, allegedly, with Ed uh, over the past 35 years. And he allegedly violated their constitutional and human rights. And there is no statute of limitations on federal color of law violations. And so what we are looking for is at the conclusion of the state investigation, which is limited in scope. It is only focused on his phone call to 911 that night. Once that's done, there will be a federal investigation. Uh, That's my determination. Now, the FBI is not going to say, yeah, we're going to do that. What became very clear was we filed the complaint. The FBI responded. And so when I say we filed the complaint, we sent it to the special agent in charge of the Seattle office, which which also includes Pierce County and spelled it out and said, we want a meeting. And they responded and said, yes, come down, let's have a conversation. So what is very clear from meeting with the special agent in charge of the local FBI is they know very well, intimately, what is happening with the investigation right now at the state level. And my words, they're waiting for the conclusion of that investigation, smartly, I would say, before they do what they are going to do, uh, because it's not one or the other, it's a both and, right? Even if, if the state says, state comes to the determination that, yeah, we think there's probable cause that this was a false call to 911, which is the only thing the state is investigating, and that he should be charged for that. Well, there's 10, 10 12 other things that this man done did in that one incident that also deserve investigation. And then again, I come back to, there are other people in the state of Washington who allegedly have had their rights violated by this man. And when it comes to accountability at a federal level, if there does become an investigation at that level, those people want to contribute to that investigation because it would not be limited to the 911 call. It would be limited to whatever incidents we determine are a civil rights violation or a color of law violation that should be investigated by the feds. So I'll say just in in closing on that piece, it's just like what we saw when the decision came down on George Floyd, right? Those murderers were facing state charges and the people came down with the conviction. The jury came down with the conviction. Multiple murder, right? Multiple murder counts, The next day, the DOJ said, oh, yeah, we're charging these cops for killing this man. The next day, they waited. As soon as the state was done with its business, the feds said, oh, yeah, you're getting charged again for killing this man because you violated other laws that we are responsible for as the feds when you killed this man. We're responsible. for." So it's the same thing here. Mm. Same thing.
2: So the state, let me let me back up. The state is only looking into the 911
1: call? The state is only investigating whether or not the call he made to 911 constitutes a false 911 call. Our position is, and was from day one, that that was a false 911 call and he should have been arrested that day.
2: What are the stakes for, what are the? Uh, what's the accountability for a false 911 call?
1: I mean, it depends on uh, a lot of things. It depends on a lot of different things. Uh, but when you talk about returning him to civilian life, you know, yes. if you are charged with and convicted of a crime, you're going to lose your badge and your gun. And I and I don't think anybody has any qualms about being transparent that we want this man to lose his yes. badge and his gun and we want him to lose his ability to do what he did up here in King County Right, which was just a hop to Pierce County. And we want that statewide. We don't want cops to be able to leave one jurisdiction and one force right. and go and right. violate people's rights in another jurisdiction on another force. Yep. So
2: Same the, yeah, Same situation. Yeah, we first reported, we've been reporting all of your work um, for the organization, uh, just so you're clear. So our listeners are familiar. And so you Thank all you. Um, filed a complaint with the, was it the criminal justice, the training justice commission? Yes. So we're talking about losing a badge and a gun. I mean, what is the status? You all asked the, the training commission to decertify him as a peace officer. I believe that was. What is the status of that, please?
1: They have no jurisdiction. He has not been convicted of a crime.
2: Who has, they, 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 they don't have any jurisdiction. What do you mean?
1: They, they, their mandate under the law, they can't intervene in this situation and just decide on their own that they think he's unfit for duty because the only cases that they can look at are officers who have been charged with uh or convicted of a crime.
2: Okay, so he hasn't been is that what is that what then motivated the strategy quote, quote, okay, being the founder of strategy, is that so if they don't have any authority then you have to look at a different strategy
1: yeah that's exactly right and what we did was we either communicated with or met with everybody that in theory would have authority in this situation Mm -hmm. so state state cert and training is one the pierce county prosecutor is another
2: what they say that's uh what what her name is uh, I can't remember. I, I cannot I remember the woman's I name. I remember her name. I, but we Mary. met with her. I think her name is Mary.
1: We met Mary. with her. Mm-hmm. We met with the acting chief of the Tacoma Police Department to find out why Ed wasn't arrested. We met with the mayor of Tacoma and we met with the city attorney of Tacoma to find out. So to answer your question about um, Pierce County, because of the, if there had been assessed a, a crime that day, a charge that day, it would not have been to the level that the county prosecutor handles it. It would have been to the level that the city attorney handles. Yeah,
2: so what does the the mayor's office and the attorney's office, what are they saying?
1: What are they saying? Well, I'm not gonna disclose our behind closed doors conversations. Okay. But I will say that we were 100% on the same page and that the mayor and the city attorney knew well beforehand that we were going we to take this issue all the way up to the fence. Okay. And so, we got, so we got answers from everybody about why they did or didn't do a thing that people could safely assume they would have done, like Tacoma PD. I'm like, why didn't you arrest the man? Why didn't you cite him? Why didn't you charge him? And the chief had a brilliant answer. He was like, from the moment that Mr. Troyer, he didn't say Ed, because not us, but from the moment Mr. Troyer um, then conflicted with the statements of Tacoma police officers who were on the scene, he made Mm -hmm. them witnesses to any investigation.
2: Okay. Okay. Right, well, so yes. it would be a conflict
1: of interest for them to charge him before any investigation is done. And I was like, boom! Thank you very much for that explanation. I I'm on to my. I, now I know exactly what it is we need next to go do. Next, exactly. next
2: thing, That's right. That's right. Uh, yeah. just one thing, Mary Robnett. Robnett is yeah, Mary. That, I knew her yeah. name was yeah. Mary. She's yeah, the, uh, Pierce, Pierce County Prosecuting Attorney. Uh, my question is so. in he's still our Pierce County Sheriff and is there not a process of like putting him on administrative leave or something until investigations are done you hear about that kind of stuff all the time why is he just able to skip around like nothing happened do you know
1: yeah because he's elected by the people so he's not accountable. He has no supervisor. He has no superseding. And so here's another thing, right, is that elected officials can't suspend other elected officials unless it's their job. to, But usually that's not that's just not how it works. That's that balance of small uh, theoretical balance of small democracy that they can't do that. So he really is accountable to no one unless he is charged with, and then convicted of a crime. And I think that was the thing straight up for people who are like, oh, y'all out there doing the damn thing. I'm like, yeah, we are. We came into session with 18 law enforcement bills and then Ed popped up and we were like, what? We missed this. How did we miss sheriffs? Why do we not have, legis- I mean, it's, we paused. It's, we were like, okay, we need state legislation on sheriff oversight. And account. When it gets us into our whole conversation, right? Why we got sheriffs? Where do they come from? Yeah, historically, yeah. not really necessary. Ninety-eight well, percent of sheriffs in America are white men. You start unpacking all of yes. that, yes, right? Me,
2: okay, but let me. I just need to yes. say this That's, deep. Give, That's deep. That's deep. Let me say this and give hope to the uh, two-five-three because I have it under uh, real good authority. Ed don't really run the Pierce County Sheriff Department. True. Okay. All right. True. We just got to say this out loud. He's an elective official, but he don't really run the sheriff's department. Who runs so it?
0: The under sheriff.
2: Council of Chiefs.
0: It's the
1: under sheriff that the runs. The Yeah. You
2: know, so we got to understand the structure. All right. But still, for a lot of people that don't understand the structure. He is the uh, you know, the authority, but I be asking my people that I know that are in, that are sheriffs. I got friends that are sheriffs. It's like, what about Ed? And they be like, oh God, he's a nuisance.
1: Yeah. Honestly, that was one of the first thing that people said to try and like comfort us was like, yeah. y'all should meet with these people and these because yeah, he's me, not really me, because he in about char- Right. Right, He's he been shady a long time. Right. I know, I, but, but, right, the buck does stop with him. Yeah. And when you see incidents like, and sis, I'm going to let you go because your show. But when you see incidents like the stickers being on police cars, that are policing transit in Pierce County and those those demands going to him to take them stickers off. And he's like, "Mm, I don't care. You totally ignored it. Wouldn't even acknowledge the fact that the demand is coming in until we, you know, lay in your SHIT bear for everybody to see in the media. Explain that for the people that
2: don't live in the 253, please.
1: So... You know, Pierce County transit officers on their cop cars had had those three percenter white supremacy stickers on their vehicles. And I believe it was a member of the Tacoma City Council. I could be wrong, but I believe it was a member of the Tacoma City Council, could have been the Pierce County Council, sent a letter to Ed and said, these stickers need to come off these cars. You can't. This is not This is a Blue Lives Matter nonsense. And he didn't respond, didn't acknowledge the request, nothing didn't address it until three months later. This also happened back in January. Three, four, five months later, it's in the news. And he's like, oh, well, you know, I guess I'll do something about it. I didn't realize it was a... And that's the thing that gets me about it. This man has no integrity. Lies to people's faces on a daily, regular basis about what he did and didn't know and what he did and didn't think. So, man, you're not that sick in this culture. You do know. That's the whole problem. That's what we see. There's nothing more malicious, malicious than what he allegedly did in January in calling the police. And the federal law says the presence of one officer unnecessarily is excessive force. There were 40 officers Mm -hmm. from multiple jurisdictions that came for that man. And they came for that man because Ed said, and I quote, he knows who I am. Oh, he knows you're the sheriff. Here we come. Oh, no, nah, fam, you got to go.
2: But there is,
1: so unless there is a criminal charge, right, maybe then he will resign. I don't think he has that sense. Unless there is a criminal conviction, he cannot be barred from being a law enforcement officer. Unless there, is, And even if the people were to repeal him, doesn't mean that he couldn't run again in Pierce County or somewhere else. That's just not acceptable.
2: That's crazy. That is crazy. And let me tell you a a whole, whole problem I got with all of this with Ed is that he's still getting paid. Yeah. And we pay him. We pay him. And that... In my newfound revelations that I've had just on this podcast, based off of what you've told us, I'm realizing that's where I want to come in and, and start making a difference. That that part where where the people like Ed get to run around, he ain't got no supervisor. Come on now. That's not right. There is nothing right about that.
1: There's nothing right about that. I agree. There's
0: nothing
1: right just, about just that. In,
2: just in the normal course of things, take all the politics out of it, take all the emotion and the racism, and let's just look at this in terms of, you know, sister, we love to talk about leadership. Yeah. Right? And let's just talk about leadership. You know, this is our sheriff. This is who we expect to be our leader in law enforcement. And I'm getting firsthand knowledge. Do you hear me? Firsthand, for those that are carrying the badge of a Pierce County Sheriff, firsthand knowledge. They're not being led in the right direction. They're not being led, not in the direction that we need to take this county to go, right? Not in the, not when we say as a county and as a city and as a community that equity and inclusion and we value all of our citizens. The fact that we're even having this freaking conversation and and the receipts that we hold, you know, the receipts. The receipts. We ain't talking about we ain't talking about some made up this, stuff. No, we talk this about your that we are holding
1: up. Okay. And then Ed said he wants me investigated, right? For making <laughs> false it, allegations. It, for making false allegations. I'm like, Ed, did you listen to your own 911 call? Oh my God. Because that is all I need to be able to fill out this paperwork and file this federal complaint. You ain't going to get. it. Here's the thing. The arrogance of whiteness. And Meliana I know we talked about this before.
2: Cawcacity, girl. We call it capacity. Caucus- yeah,
1: but I, I just want, you know, let's start with it. This arrogance of whiteness. And the refusal to be accountability to white to be accountable for white supremacy, this is the quintessential, you know
2: problem with
1: with the ed situation, because he's the chief gaslighter of Pierce County. The chief gaslighter. He has been standing at the mantle of law enforcement telling Black and brown communities in Pierce County, that matter if it's Lakewood, Tacoma, whatever, I get it. I care. I have family. He has been doing that for over 20 years. He is the chief gaslighter. And it's alarming, as I don't, I mean, it's, it's, it is alarming in the sense of danger, danger alarming, because it's difficult for people to understand how do we address the subtlety of systemic racism when it is presented in that way, but it's, it still is causing and enforcing devastation in our communities? Because that's what he's doing. That's why he's there. He is there to maintain not just his positional power, but law enforcement's positional power. And, and this goes back to when Audrey was saying, like, I didn't know that. Pierce County in particular, every single law enforcement agency that touches Pierce County has a nepotism problem. Ah. Y'all don't know where your cops were before they got there. Mm -hmm. Why do they always go to Pierce County? What is it about Pierce County that these officers go from an agency in King County to an agency in Pierce County, because y'all have no accountability down there. You've got the chief gaslighter that protects every single law enforcement agency in the county. That And we're not communicating with each other, right? We don't have access to things like Brady lists that has allegedly crooked cops on it, but we're gonna be publishing those this year for the whole state because people need to know what is the cop that is driving down your street? What was he doing on my street 20 years ago? 5 years ago. 5 months yeah. ago. 5 weeks ago. And you see it all the time in the news. Officers that kill people get when they when they weren't charged with something right? You're not charged with a crime, you can go and pick up a badge and a gun somewhere else. Mm.
2: So, has have you talked to Ed? Like, did you reach out to Ed and have you... Oh, yeah. Before we filed the...
1: Hey, I believe in transparency, yo. If I'm going to file an FBI complaint against you, I'd love to have a conversation with you to let you know why. Um, And so, yeah, we reached out to Ed and he, you know, tried to play footsie and... Uh, you know, I kept saying I'm available. These are the times I'm available. He kept coming back with, well, these are the black people I've already met with. I'm like, that's good. Doesn't matter. Mm -hmm. Say that another way, girl. Hold on, Sakara. Wait a minute. Say
2: that another way.
1: No, that's okay. But it's still true. His responses were focused on Sakara. I want you to know what black people I have already met with. And I'm like, we're, we're not a monolith. You ain't met with me. Yeah, and he's like, cool. Let, so he was let. like, cool, let's meet. Then he never did. Then, when he found out that we filed the FBI complaint, he sent me an email and he said, I told you I wanted to meet with you. And I said to him, "Her, my last email, I have been available to you for the past eleven days, and you never responded. And I'm not obligated to wait for you. I'm obligated to get it done.
2: Oh, girl.
1: And I haven't Why heard from he him did, since.
2: Does he give an in indication about the black people that he met with? Is he implicating that they are um, supportive of his endeavors? Or I mean, like, what does that actually mean? These are the black people. I just, people have, that I I met just with. have a problem with with that terminology and thought process in general
1: I mean what does that have to do
2: with anything
1: with anything you know the way that I receive that is like oh I've done that already I've already met with black people I've already met with black organizations and you need to know that I've done that already and I'm like no fam no you haven't because you ain't met with me that part so you're accountable to all of us And, you know, they like to play that game, right? Well, I met with such and such and such and such, and they said this, that, or the other. And now I meet with you, and you're saying this, and isn't that divisive? So I always go in with validating when people are like, well, we've already met with these Black groups and these Black organizations. I always say, yep, and whatever they brought to you, they were right about. Now let's talk about what we're bringing to you. Oh, but they said this and the other. Oh, but they're not here now. This is not their meeting. So I'm not going to address whatever meetings you've had with other people because they're not the ones in the room. I'm here now holding you accountable. I'm here now letting you know what it is that we are going to do to make sure that you are held accountable. You better resign. But he didn't want to have that conversation. So now he will likely be, my words, investigated by the federal government. And I would be stunned, stunned if not charged
2: and and see i just i'm gonna just slip this in here and um this is just melanie talking but just this whole idea that white people think that we are so monolithic right that um that black people think all the same way so if i meet with this group or that group i got the black people covered because i could just meet with one or two folks and they cover all that black people think <clears throat> and I'm good, you know, and for where we're moving in this movement, <clears throat> white people, listen, y'all got to think differently. Okay. Cause you've got to be diverse in your black people thinking because we don't is this a revolutionary thought, white folks? This we don't all think the same, and just because you talk to one or two, you ain't Messacara. Boom. Listen, when you were talking, Mel, I was thinking we're saying that black people are not monolithic, and we're saying at the same time we're saying, listen, white people. <laughs> Irony uh-huh. that. What's the irony in that? Yeah, I hear you, girl. With that said, with that said, the reason that white people that I love how we whisper, right? We yeah, say white people. Because that's what they say. I got a <laughs> black friend. They never got, they say they got a black friend, they gotta whisper my friend is black and then they go my, my beautiful gorgeous black friend right mm-hmm. you know? <laughs> mm-hmm. listen we we can feel comfortable saying white people and make you monolithic white people when we are speaking about white injustice cuz injustice comes from white people <laughs> historically forever and ever so that's why we are okay i am at least let me speak for myself i'm okay with that interesting concept of we're not black people are not monolithic but you are white people, white people comes to racial injustice that's absolutely right though
1: because it's, it's speaking to whiteness Right? right and white right. supremacy yes. and therefore, therefore the beneficiaries of that and those who are responsible for it are white people
2: wow. <laughs> all right and let us be clear you're listening to this podcast on channel 253 hey. we are in pursuit of an anti-racist, anti-racist community. community right that's you hear it every time you tune into this And so we are hoping, because we know that the majority of you listening to us are...
1: White people.
2: Okay, we know this. And so all we're asking is, hear us. Hear us. Sakara Ramu, Washington Black Lives Matter Alliance sister. We see you. Thank you, Veronica Veri. We see you, and we love you, girl. Keep bringing the strategy. Bring us to come back to us, okay? Come back. Absolutely. To us. We love Absolutely. you. Absolutely. Bring us all home, Sakara. Thank you for being the wind beneath our two-five-three wings. Thank you for being the wind beneath our community and the pursuit of an anti-racist community. We appreciate you being here today. And white people, white people love you do. Some of you do. With that said, let's drop the mic, sister. Ooh. Thank you for listening to What Say You? If you have conversation ideas or want to follow up on what you heard, please contact Melanie by email at melanie at missmelanie.com. M-E-L-A-N-N-I-E at M-I-S-S-M-E-L-A-N-N-I-E dot com.
0: Channel 253 is a member-supported podcast network. I'm producer Doug Mackey, and I'm asking you to become a member and show your support. Go to channel253.com slash membership to join. Thank you. The What Say You podcast is part of the Channel 253 network. Check out our other shows. Nerd Farmer, Interchangeable White Ladies, Citizen Tacoma, Crossing Division, Flounder's B-Team, and We Art Tacoma.
2: This is channel
0: 253.